Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Somebody did lock it up. Their fourth title, actually. This episode of Beans and Gravy, we're going to dive into championship week. Maybe have a guest visit from the champion himself and touch on all things Moneyball Championship Legacy. Let's get it. Beans and Gravy Championship Edition. Welcome to Beans and Gravy. Super excited to have a very, very special guest on for tonight's podcast. Hopping on the J&D Steakhouse sizzling hot take celebrity line. We have the champ, folks. Four-time winner of the Moneyball League. Two-time guest of the podcast. I mean, there's some people who haven't even been on the podcast. This guy's been on here twice in five episodes. The man, the legend, Jake Anderson, the commish, putting on that fourth title strap. How's four it feel time, tonight, Four Jake? time, four time, Jake. Yeah, Take it your feels claim. pretty good. It feels pretty good, I have to say. Uh, I've, had, I've had a recent history of some uh, early exits in the playoffs, and so this one feels good. This one definitely feels good. So I, I'm going to start out by asking the first question here. And, uh, well, it's not even a first question. I just want your comments. Talk that shit to Durst. Tell him why you're the GOAT and why he's not. I want to hear it. <laughs> you know what? I, I actually feel for Durst and his uh, – I've been where he, where he had this week where your worst week of the season is the playoffs. And uh, I feel for him. But at the same time, you know, I like to think of, like, you know, last year's Super Bowl, you got Patrick Mahomes. He's going to come in and stomp all over Tom Brady. Brady's last year's news. Yeah, come on. Come on. Yeah. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. <laughs> uh, if, if, if there was anyone I could compare you to in this league, it would be Brady. Very similar time spans, too. I think Brady started a little before, but yeah, this is your, your second swan song here, I would say. Yeah. It's a start of another run. I have to be the first to go back to back. I mean, come on. Can't let Durst do that. So I, I never even thought of that. So we've been doing this for 14 years, Jake. You, you've accumulated seven buys in that time frame, four titles. Was it nine or 10 uh, playoff actual appearances? So nine tied with me. Nine so tied with Perfect. <laughs> Um, so just a host of accolades and, you know, in some instances, you actually brought this league into existence. You know, you took a, a league with some friends from college and you showed us the way for a, uh, a different way to play fantasy baseball. So 14 years down, I mean, I actually, if it's my game that I brought to someone else, I mean, shouldn't you have won more than four titles? <laughs> I mean, there's a certain aspect where if you win too much, it's not fun for anyone else. Right. So, sure. I mean, you, you gotta, you know, like, like pool sharks, <laughs> they, they don't just come in and dominate right away. You know, you gotta, 
you got to wait till people want to play for money and then you, money then you bring ball. it out, right? Well, yeah. if, you're, if, if your strategy was kind of lay in the weeds and not dominate, I don't know if you're actually fulfilling that right now. <laughs> but uh, so four titles, Jake, which where does this one rank in, in your wins? How's this one feel? I have to say um, this one, this one feels the best since uh, the first one. Ooh. So the first one, I mean, there's nothing like that. Where uh, And I was a six seed going into that anyway. But um, like, like I said, you know, going up against Durst, uh, feeling the pressure of, you know, if he wins it, I mean, what, what claim do I have to, uh, to greatness, you know, over, over him. And uh, the fact that he's beaten me so many times in the playoffs before this one felt, this one felt really good for sure. Um, I'm curious. We kind of talked about uh, some teams, you know, and their overall things last week as far as how their team did. W- would you consider yourself like in these playoffs over the last two weeks and kind of maybe that drive that kind of locked you up in the two seed? Would you say you've had an MVP maybe as a pitcher or or a hitter that you really like, wow, this guy carried me here? There's kind of, yeah, I would say there's basically two guys. So um Early on in the season, Bryce Harper got hit in the face of the pitch, and <laughs> I was he that quietly point. sucked. Yeah, you were there. You were there. He quietly sucked for like the first, I don't know, call it third of the season. Not like you're going to drop him, but you're like, come on, this is the guy I paid the most at auction for, and he's, he's not giving me much. But from like that point on, when I had that thought where like he's been quietly sucking, he took off. It has had an amazing finish to the season and like the playoff push, he was huge and just like consistent every week. And then the other one you mentioned last week on the podcast, Jorge Polanco, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if people like I, it's kind of, I needed a second baseman because Keaston here is like, was horrible and went to the minors and there was Jorge Polanco sitting there. So I'm like, yeah, fine. He'll like fill in, but I'm not expecting a ton. And like, I don't know if people realize the season he's had. I had no idea till I just looked, Jake. Thirty-one yeah. homers, ninety-one RBIs, eleven steals, and that's all. Yeah. On his, that's all on his <laughs> team too. <laughs> so that one for that's sure. Two keepers probably there for you next year. I would think you'd be keeping Polanco for two bucks and Harper at forty-four. You definitely got to think about it. Harper at forty-four. Think about it. yeah, Polanco too. I'm like, but this is my thing. So like, you know, Kyle got him at auction for what? You know, a few bucks there's kind of like a reason, you know what I mean? Like at a certain point where you're like, is he a keeper at four bucks? But I'm also like, yeah. Is that, so a lot of decisions in the off season, but um, try not to think about that right now. Cause I don't want to, don't want to let this group of guys, you know, disperse because it's a great team. Yeah. I don't want to worry the clubhouse, you know, before the season even starts next year. Right. Well, well, Jake, I'm glad you found a second baseman because I too was looking for a second baseman as I dropped him. So that's it's fantastic that he's getting a championship ring. So this is the eve of your championship. Are you doing anything cool with the family? How does a, a four-time champ celebrate uh, another belt? So there's an uh, agreement, um, you know, an understanding we've reached, my wife and I, uh, about um, – the 
winning a winning a championship. And what it what it is is she has to put up with me on my phone for six plus months of the year, um, you know, doing all this baseball stuff. And so when I do win, it's like a full on big dinner. Like we're going out like uh, her choice, where, where she wants to go, whatever we want to do, like a big kind of, it, it's a celebration dinner, I suppose, but it's really more for her to like, okay, to share in this, <laughs> uh, uh, since she has to put up with it the rest of the time. Yeah, it was just uh, over two years ago, I had the pleasure of meeting Miss Anderson at uh, Tyler's wedding, and yeah, what a, a nice woman, so I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that you will. Uh, uh, sharing your winnings and, and, and treat her nice and take her out because you know behind every good gm there's a good gma gms 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 <laughs> you know what i mean so uh yeah congrats to her as well it's gotta be great going to bed with the goat every night i'd recommend manny's steakhouse jake if you, i mean that's that that's where i'd go with all those championship winnings and, and treat yourself to something nice yeah that does sound good and then the other thing I want to do is now that I work from home, like half the time, I got to find a way to get the trophy in the background of my Zoom calls. That's yeah, that conversation piece. Yeah. That, um, exactly. this, how long have you been working at home, Jake? Do you feel this has played into your success this year, maybe, or no? Oh, good question. Well, I mean, I've been, I've been at home working since the pandemic started. So um, I'd say it wouldn't, it doesn't hurt, but like, I don't think it's, it's much different, you know? I work at a computer all day, so I've got, you know, got access to the the fan track site. Either way, you know, whichever place I'm at. So yeah, I, w- I wonder what your company would think about this. We might have to talk to them to prevent you from <laughs> any more future championships. Yeah, put a, they, put a block on that website. Well, that's that's why fan tracks being such a bespoke uh, fantasy site. It's not on the major radars of all the uh, companies, you know, do not allow lists, I think. <laughs> um, so you, you, you've spilled the beans, Jake. Um, you, you've let us in on, on what it's like to be a championship manager, both the, uh, the setup, the in-season ideas and strategies, as well as how to celebrate. So, you know, what's next? What are your next goals as a, uh, to kind of take your, your legacy to the next level? Well, I always, like, I've always wanted to go back to back. Like, I think that that is like the hardest thing to do in our league, given what the normal championship route is, which is you sell out if you've got a shot at it. And therefore your, your cupboards are somewhat bare going into the next season. And other teams have stocked up on those um, like really good keepers. So, so I think it's really hard to go to, to win two in a row. So that would be, I mean, that's what I want to do. I want to win it next year and go back to back. I mean, that's, that's the ultimate in my mind. If anyone is going to be able to do it, it'll be you. Um... And, Hor- and George Polanco, so. <laughs> well, I mean, in theory, it can only be him next year. So, I mean. Like, sure. No one else can back. go back to back. Um, yeah, I mean, amazing season. That's all I can say. Like, you, you definitely didn't, like, not earn it. Like, this was a tough year. There was a lot of good teams. That playoffs was loaded, like we talked about. So, 
tip of the cap to you. Best person's coming out again. Can't argue that. I think there was definitely a quiet confidence about him too, Gravy. I think when we did that first interview with him, I, I think he was holding his cards a little close to the vest there, but I, I think that just the way that he was talking, I felt like he uh, he felt like he had a really good shot of winning this. So I, I think he had the team to do it. I think he had the confidence and you executed it. So uh, just like Jeff said, tip of the cap. Um, you know, I don't think there's now really an argument now on, on who the, the top manager in our league is. I'm not sure if it was, a question even going into it. I just think the question was if, if Durst could get that fourth before you. Uh, but I think the, the, uh, on top of the championships, along with the other resume things that you have, it's pretty clear that uh, you get, you're the best manager that we have in the league. So congrats on that, Jake. Yeah, thanks. No. And uh, I mean, I, I think I would say like with the, with um, this playoff run, I, I gotta say, you guys kind of you guys kind of said that the game against Brendan was never in doubt, but I was sweating it out right till the uh, right till the end. With oh, I don't one. I don't remember us saying that that matchup against Brendan was tight. I think you even had to sit a couple guys. Um, That's the thing you were saying ever. like it wouldn't have mattered if I sat him, but I was doing the math and I was like, I think Javi Baez could get average. Yeah, like yeah, I, mean, I if if my guys go like zero for ten. And this guy goes like three for five, it's over. And I was like, so yeah, that was, that was an, uh, that was the one where I think you need a little bit of luck to any championship run. And that was my, like against Brendan the Sunday. I mean, I was sweating it out that whole day. Um, one last question uh, before you go. Uh, going into next year, do you see anyone, like, have you looked at people's keepers, things like that? Um, this might be the last time we get to talk to you before the draft um, on the podcast. Is there any team that you are seeing as, hey, this is one to watch out for next year? Yeah, I haven't really looked too much, but just from like the trade deadline and uh, thinking about what people did, I mean, I think Tyler has to be considered one of the favorites for next year, assuming he can, you know, have a good auction just with the keepers he has um he's got to be a favorite and then I also I think Derek did a really nice job at the deadline you guys talked about it like really turning that turning his pieces into good keepers like I'm really gonna miss Austin Riley like I think that that I mean it worked out this year but if I would have lost I would have really kind of um it kind of would have haunted me a little bit like it because he's got three years left on Austin Riley, who is, I think, a top 20 hitter and 24 years old. And he's he, you know, pulled some other pieces as well. And I've, I think those two and Derek's got the, you know, he's got the pedigree. He's he's done it before. And so giving him good keepers going into the year. I think those are the two teams that come to mind, but I haven't like gone team by team and said, here's who I think, you know, uh, done that kind of analysis. That's something I usually save for like, um, yeah, like January, February, when I start to kind of pick things back up again. You think you're going to have a hard time sleeping with Austin Riley? You're not the guy that cut him. So uh, rest easy knowing <laughs> that's the case. <laughs> that's Wait, who is he sleeping with? 
Austin <laughs> Riley. His name's okay. Austin Everson. That's who he's sitting <laughs> with. So I, I think, Jake, one thing, you know, you've, you've never wielded your commission powers uh, in, in a way that, that wasn't in the best interest of the league. You know, some of us think this co-commissioner uh, with, with Eric Jensen still leans that you're making the, the, the tough decisions. But I think this would be a great time for some sort of executive order where we get Vanertai back on a plane during that draft. I think with his keepers, I think he needs to bring in the mysterious Mike to finish up that roster next year uh, to, to really to elevate his team. What's your thoughts on an executive order that Tyler must be on an airplane at next draft? I like the idea. However, assuming this is happening in Vegas, uh, as previously planned, we, we need him in Vegas at the same time. Um, but I do want that Mike guy there as another co-manager. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's maybe there's some opportunity where Tyler can pre-party for that. We have Mike on standby to execute that draft plan uh, because that was pretty glorious. But uh, all, uh, all kidding aside, Jake, we do want to thank you a lot for your time tonight. Uh, from Veens and Gravy, congratulations uh, on the big win. Uh, we appreciate you hopping on to give us your, your take on that huge W, uh, uh, your fourth title in 14 years. Uh, really cool that uh, you were able to join us and talk about your championship. And uh, we can't wait to uh, see you defend it next year. Thanks, guys. This was great. Yep. Congrats, champ. We'll see you. Beans and Gravy, the championship edition. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a champion, a four-time champion. Jake Anderson cements his place as the best manager in Moneyball League history, grabbing his fourth title from Greg Durst. Good matchup. Tons to talk about. My co-host, Jeff Gravy Graves, is with me. How are you doing today, Jeff? Good, uh, man. Championship Sunday, and and all I could think about was this Ryder Cup, nineteen nine. How about the U.S.? Huh? That's what's yes. ever on everyone's mind. <laughs> yes, red, white, and blue, dominant fashion, kind of similar to the matchup that we saw unfold uh, this week uh, yep. with with Jake Anderson grabbing his fourth Moneyball League championship belt, you know, ripped, he, it, ripped it away from the hands of the. The, the reigning champion, someone trying to go back to back for the first time. Tons to talk about here. Tons of tons of things to talk about here, Jeff. You know, what, what's on your mind first? Um, you know, just the goat, cement and his legacy. Uh, we, we called it last week. This was going to be, you know, Durst could have been the first one to go back to back. Uh, either one would have been the first one to win four. Like this was going to cement that legacy and, and Jake claimed it. Um, you know, unfortunately for Greg, amazing season had to end in this final week when you know, some of his best players just didn't have their best week. Like we've seen it before. A lot of teams have ran into that in the playoffs. It's just always unfortunate to see play out. Um, Jeff, Jeff you're, yeah. our, you're kind of our league historian. Was this the first time someone actually had a chance to win back-to-back? Has anyone made it to the title game after a, a championship season? Um, Great question. And I haven't never ran those numbers before. Um, I feel it's probably happened before. I don't think so. But I, I can't think of the specifics for it. I looked, um, again, again, 
full disclosure, I, I just roughly looked through it in the, uh, the league history kind of database that we have. Um, it didn't look like anything stuck out to me where someone had a chance to win back to back, but I might be wrong on that. But even if even so, very, very rare. And uh, the fact that Greg not only won it last year, but accomplished that by being the top seed this year uh, and getting to the championship, it was definitely within his reach. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, like, he, I think he was in first place. I'm not going to say wire to wire, but I want to say he took his claim as the uh, number one team this year pretty early and just kept running. And like I said, bad week, bad time. Yeah, so we kind of let's talk about that matchup for the week. So very, very close. Looked like Greg took a little bit of an early advantage, had a, had some decent hitting days um, the first couple of days, and Jake's team started a little bit slow. But then Durst, uh, I think going back to, I don't think he hit a home run after Wednesday. Um, you know, looking back at, we just mentioned in, in last episode of the pod how, you know, daunting that Blue Jays offense is, and it was really rolling. Um, you know, this week, Vladimir Guerrero, no home runs, uh, Bo Bichette, no home runs, two runs and one RBI combined between them through the whole week. Um, just to start contrast to his semifinal matchup where uh, Bo Bichette had 10 RBIs, uh, multiple home runs from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, it was a team that was really, he had, he had three horses. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero, Bo Bichette, and Shoei Otani, and unfortunately, two of the three didn't show up in this matchup, and it, it really hurt him. Yeah, this is going to be a tough listen for Greg, uh, just rehashing this, and my apologies go out to the entire Durst family for this outcome. I know his kids were really looking forward to that trip to Disney, he promised them, um, but that might have been what Jake used as motivation. I don't know. Uh, like motivation yeah. to not have Durst kids go to, to Disney? Yeah, Jake, Jake gets fired up about other people's kids going to Disney. I don't know if you knew that about him. Um, some talks we've had offline. I don't know. But um, yeah, like Otani was kind of the only one that gave him, you know, consistent, you know, by his standards, kind of a not a normal week, but, you know, something close. A lot of those other hitters just just shit the bed. And and Jake, I mean, he, he had, like he, he mentions, I mean, this is an interview that regardless of when it plays, people will know. He was talking about his MVPs and guys that stepped up and carried him. And, and I mean, he had quite a few guys that had big weeks, you know, that picked up like, um, like Jose Ramirez had a really nice week, um, mm -hmm. picked up uh, Jorge Polanco. Uh, Harper had a great week. Like he had guys that were performing and he had some that weren't, but it all evened out into a W. So. Yeah, I would definitely say that Jake had a more in-depth lineup. I, I, I think Durst's team had a little bit more top-heavy producers, though Bryce Harper is incredibly hot, so you probably have to have that conversation. But uh, when you look at kind of those teams, it seemed like Jake was a little bit more rounded in terms of you know where he could get production from, where Durst, at least especially now, maybe not mid-season, but now really banking on big weeks from from those three producers and he just didn't get it and I mean looking at the looking at the output for his week I mean that's that's not going to beat anybody let alone someone in the championship you know in, in a championship matchup um, really really tough outing for him and it kind of reminds me of the conversation we had about Nick in his semifinal matchups just a good team having an off week it sucks it happens on the biggest stage 
but it's the reality. Just his, his team didn't have a very good week, and, and you're not going to win with a week like that. As the macho man always says, the cream rises to the top. And, you know, 2021 fantasy baseball, no different. Uh, Jake rising to the top. He was the best going in. We all kind of thought it, and he ended up prevailing. So Jake grabs his fourth championship strap. Uh, we kind of talked about playoff legacies, right? At the, in one of our previous podcasts, we kind of hit on where people's playoff legacies were. And really the resume speaks for itself, right? Nine playoff trips, seven buys, his fourth title. If you look at the regular season standings, number one winning percentage, uh, just dominant, dominant, dominant. And this is just really the cherry on top of a 14-year league history we have. It's pretty clear he's the best manager ever, right? Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not questioning it, that's for sure. And I thought it was interesting too, and maybe this is just how I was working in my mind. Greg's had an incredible run as of late. Uh, he too has, at, going into this championship matchup, had three titles, was looking to be the first manager to go back to back. But I really thought that I want to say the pressure, but Durst had to win to kind of elevate him over. Uh, if anybody else would have won besides Durst, Jake was going to be still the, the goat in my opinion. So I felt like there's a little bit more pressure on Greg to win it because if it lets us say Brennan would have won his first, I, in my mind, I think Jake would still be on that, that number one line item in terms of, of of top manager in our league. Did you kind of feel that as well too? I mean, as far as like thinking recency bias uh, between the two of them, because, you know, I know a lot of people don't, their minds don't go back to 2008 as much as mine does. But like, if you're just looking at the past, like say five or six years, like Jake has two and over the last six years, two number ones and three number twos with two championships. Durst, somewhat similar, has uh, five playoff trips with two one seeds and two championships. Like if you're looking at just recent, they're pretty darn close, but Jake since 2008, it's hard to argue. I agree. I completely agree. Um, So we kind of talked about the, the the playoff matchup. It kind of is what it is. Durst, uh, not a great week. Jake had a fine week, a little bit tight at the beginning. Uh, Then Jake kind of pulled away towards the end. Uh, looks like he's going to end up winning 7-3. So just a, a cherry on top of a great season for Jake. As we're talking about legacies, uh, something that I tasked you with, and we're going to hear your, your thoughts on it, uh, we need to spice up the, the podcast, right? Uh, we need to ruffle some feathers. We need to get some people angry. And I decided to have that anger be directed at you, not me. <laughs> Hold so, on, you didn't say this was anything to do with this tech. Yeah, when, when you're the executive producer and the uh, and the co-host, you know, you have these powers. But I got to let everyone know kind of what my thought process was on this. Uh, I, I tasked you with ranking uh, our, our managers uh, top to bottom, and I didn't give you any specific criteria. I, I know that I was going to let you kind of establish that. But let's have a conversation about kind of where we rank each of the managers as it sits after 14 years of playing in the greatest fantasy baseball league of all time. So give me your thoughts on that in terms of what were what was your criteria and then unveil these as you see fit. Oh, man. 
what a loaded gun I'm holding here. Uh, so, yeah, you, you told me. Let, let's find rankings and uh, let's talk about it. Um, there's no intent to hurt feelings here. I'm just a numbers guy. I run the numbers. Um, when I looked at this, I kind of looked at things like, you know, the whole body of work, 2008 to 2021. This is the 14th year of the league. Um, how does everyone stack up? Uh, with that, we have average finishes, playoff appearances, buys, um, finishes, things like that. All these played a factor. And yeah, I'm willing to, uh, to, to talk this out. Maybe we'll go some tiers, things like that, and kind of rank them that way. But um, yeah, let, let's chat it up. Now, full, full disclosure, I did rank them too. Um, I'm just making you go first to be kind of, you're, you're the guy busting the door open and I'm going to run in and make the arrest afterwards. All right. So we're, we're both going to be in the line of fire. You just might take the, uh, the first shrapnel. Okay. So um, yeah, I guess I'll start out with the, uh, who I had down at the bottom, um, Nick Hamstra. That should be no, no surprise. Uh, so yeah. Did it, was he your number 50? Uh, didn't even make my rankings, but Ooh, uh, NR. Uh, the uh, a, a five-year sample, um, not very good. Uh, you know, the tough circumstances with uh, his exit from the league, but uh, yeah, just the, the output wasn't there. No playoff appearances. That's that's a pretty easy one. average. Fi average finish of eleventh over five years. Woof. Wow. Um, so next, I'll kind of go with a tier. Um, that I'm going to throw Guru, Grant, and DPD in. Um, you know, between the three of them, I want to say their average finish is about ninth um, for them. The other thing, too, is a lack of buys. Um, Guru, I want to say, has only had the one uh, buy, Grant one, and Deagle one. So between the three of them over you know, 14 years of work only had those buys, no championships, um, out of any of them, just based on average finish, things like that. I've kind of got those three ranked in that lowest tier. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, one of the things that surprises me, and I bet would surprise a lot of people would be, um, you know, I, I love guru, but the fact that he's been in the playoff five times, I, I, I do, I, I do think that that elevates him a little bit over, over grant and DPD. Um, Maybe not. I, mean, I think he had one season where he maybe got second or, or was in kind of in that semifinal contention. Uh, but that surprised me a little bit when we kind of look at these that, you know, that he's, he's made the playoffs five out of uh, five out of the 14 years. So it, it's definitely not too shabby. Hasn't made a yeah. ton of, hasn't made a ton of impact. Grant's a little bit tough, too, because, you know, we only have nine years of work and he's made the playoffs three out of nine years, which which isn't bad either. Uh, that playoff record hurts too, though, man. Yeah, yeah, that it's a, a, a little under, a little underwhelming in the playoffs. Um, but I, I think that he's a tough grade. Just I mean, nine years is 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 plenty long to kind of take a look at it. But what would he have done with those other five years? Um, yeah, sure. I, I think I think you're right to put him in that tier. I was just a little bit shocked with Guru. Um, you know, looking at this, I didn't realize he'd you know, playoffs five times. Part part of that shock may come from we mentioned recency bias earlier. Um, over the past six years, one playoff trip for Guru, and it was as the sixth seed in 2018. Um, and that was the magic. That was the that was the magical run where he didn't look like he was going to make the playoffs either. I think he kind of backdoored uh, in there uh, when yeah. I was expecting it. 
uh, Deagle, no trips in the last six years, and Grant, two as a six seed. So nothing really jumping out as extraordinary, you know, recently, which might make you think that. Um, the next tier I would kind of have after that um, would be Bobsy. He kind of, and, and with all due respect, if he wouldn't have won that one championship, he probably would have been down in that tier. Um, but that championship elevates him to the next one. Um, he's with, I've got him with Vidal's, O'Shea, um, Shaw, and Vandertie. That's kind of all one with, I think, Shaw and Bobes ahead of those guys with their championship. Wow, that's a, that's a big tier. Um, <laughs> I, 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 struggle with, I, I struggle with Nick and Shaw where to place them um, because they both do have championships. Um, they both have had, uh, you know, dominant seasons where they've earned multiple buys. So it seems like when they're, when they're competitive, they're legit contenders, as we saw this year that Nick had a, you know, a very good chance to, to win a title. But when you extrapolate that over 14 years, and both of them, I believe, have made the playoffs uh, five times each. Or no, no, Nick was just his fourth time this year. Yep. So not a ton of playoff appearances, but when they get in there, uh, you know, they're, they're one of the better teams uh, a lot of the times, and, and they've won a championship. So I, I find it tough to kind of where to put them. In my mind, I actually, just to kind of zig from kind of your tier, I actually tiered out Vito's and Tyler uh, a little bit lower than Brendan Bopes and Shaw. And, and kind of here's why. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't realize Vito's has only been to the playoffs four times. I, it seemed like he's in it more times than not. So I was a little shocked by that. And I know yeah. he's had some, I know he's had some good teams uh, with the potential to win. I mean, he had a good team this year, didn't make the playoffs. Um, but the, the, the lack of playoff uh, of, for him I didn't realize that. And if you kind of look at his overall win percentage too, uh, being in the back half of the league, uh, I had to bring him down a little bit. Tyler, very, very consistent more times than not. Uh, you know, going into the season, he was one of those teams that were right at 500 in terms of their overall win loss record. But I'm not going to lie this season, having it being so historically bad, I, I had to drop him down a notch. I mean, if you're this bad, for a season um, and, and where people were just 10 owing you, 9 owing you. I mean, he, he kind of, I mean, he was the first to sell. Like, I'm going to defend Tyler sure. a little bit here. No, and I, it, I don't think it was a bad, I don't think it was a bad strategy, right? But the, the wins and losses still count. I mean, if you just get run yep. over the entire season, uh, I mean, he's going to fall from the middle of the pack in terms of wins loss. He's going to be in the bottom third now. I mean, it was a historically bad season. Uh, we saw a tough season from Nick, but that was only a 60 game sample. I mean, this is a, he, he's going to take a hit on this one. And I think that the fact that Shaw and uh, it, Shaw and Bobes have won a title and shown dominance that Tyler hasn't, hasn't had a black buy ever. Uh, I'm going to elevate them over him just slightly. It's close. Yeah. It's yeah, close. I, have, I have both of them over Tyler. Like if I were to rank those five, I would have uh, Shaw number seven, Bobes eight, Vandertie nine, Brendan 10, Vito's 11. And, you know, we, we, we talked about this in the interview that we had uh, with our champion as well. He's set up great for next year. You know, he can change this narrative very, very quickly. If, if Tyler gets in the playoffs next year, gets a bye and gets a championship, he's going to elevate over those guys pretty easily in kind of my book. 
Um, but right now, as it sits, I personally have to put, I, I put Vito's and Tyler into a separate tier under Brendan Bopes and Shaw. And that was just kind of, that, that's my personal feeling. I think there's a, I think there's a tier separating those, you know, Shaw, there's only one difference in uh, playoff appearance and he has, you know, two buys in a championship. I'm going to elevate him over there. I'm, I'm going to put a, I'm going to put a, a, a little bit of a, a space in between those tiers and, and kind of put them along with Brendan uh, ahead of Beatles and Tyler. That's my take. Oh, okay. Agree to disagree a little bit there. Um, so this takes us to our number six ranking. Um, I have two-time champ, Eric Jensen. I know this is a hot take, but uh, you know, he, he, no, no buys hasn't dominated a year. Both championships he won, he was a four seed. Um, you know, like he averaged finish of, you know, 7.62. So between seventh and eighth uh, consistently. Um, I just have them below the other five managers that I got left. Um, it's nothing personal, Eric. Don't take it that way, but you're just my sixth best, even with the two titles. Yeah, I, uh, I, I had Jensen ranked fifth in kind of how I looked at it. I did have Derek below him. And, and, and here's why. that's a tier I would say very close yeah yeah I mean just kind of getting out that was my five six too yeah so getting out in front of it I put myself you Jensen and Derek into a separate tier um I, I think there's a kind of a variety of different ways to look at this just in my overall ranking I did have Jensen as fifth and I had Derek as sixth uh, Derek's been really really consistent for the most part uh, I think the last couple of years, he's made a couple playoff appearances, but I, I think his dominance was a little uh, earlier in the league history. Uh, we've also mentioned him in the interview as well, too. I think he did a great job at the trade deadline. I think Derek has an excellent chance of being uh, a, a significant contender, uh, depending on how his draft kind could of could be back and um, it could rejuvenate his love for fantasy as well. Absolutely. You I, I just had a, you know, Derek has a, a very, very good overall win-loss record. He's going to take a hit this year. Uh, I think he'll end up dropping from second to probably fourth or fifth. Um, he, he, had, he had a tough season. But overall, Derek's been very, very consistent. Eight playoff appearances, a championship, three buys. Uh, I, I just think with those two wins that Jensen had that have relatively happened recently, as well as, you know, uh, you know, six playoff appearances, a, a okay win-loss ratio. When you Second highest win-loss record. Keep that in mind. Second highest, even with the down season for Derek. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Jensen. Yeah, no. so I, I think that the two titles for Jensen jumps him over for me on Derek. But again, they're all in the same tier. That's just kind of a, a personal preference. I think it's tough to, to have – a two-time champ it, kind of in that sixth spot, but I mean, I have well, him in the fifth, so it's not that crazy. I don't feel too bad about it. So <laughs> <laughs> love you, Eric. Enjoy that scotch to the champ. Um, all right. So who do you got at number four, Kyle? I have you, my good man. Oh, weird. Oh, no, I'm, yeah, I'm so putting I myself ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. I, that's not shocking. Yeah. Um, I'm putting so... myself ahead of everyone. I have, uh, I have, I have you at fourth, me at third. Um, my tiebreaker was who was born earlier. Uh, and that would be ah, me. Man, so, so that trumps it. 
I, I do think that this is a really, really interesting conversation. And, and full disclosure to our listeners, we did not talk about this uh, at all. Uh, I, I think it's razor, razor thin between me and you. Uh, I, I would say that you have uh, one more playoff appearance and one more bye. Yep. Uh, so those are notches for you. One more championship last decade, or I guess in the 2000s. You never had that, so that's cool. <laughs> um, and, and then overall, win, uh, win loss, we're very, very close, but I, I'll, I'll edge you after this year in terms of that. Um, and I, I think that just in overall, you know, playoff appearances too, you know, we have we're very, very similar amounts of, of playoff games, but, you know, from a, a win-loss perspective in playoffs, I'm one of the top teams out there. When I get in the playoffs, uh, I make some noise. Uh, you know, you're kind of middle of the pack in terms of win percentage. And, you know, so those kind of those two, those are kind of the, the four main kind of things that we're using in my mind to kind of judge criteria, playoffs, buys, overall win-loss record, playoff record. It's two, two, so it's razor thin. Um, I was joking about our birthdays in terms of our tiebreakers. Um, but I would say recently in the playoffs, I think I've beaten you the last three times we played, maybe possibly four. Um, so that was kind of my, uh, that was That's my tiebreaker go, for us. Go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, so just speaking to my own, uh, consistency matters to me. And Kyle, you were very consistent the first five years as in four of those five years you finished in 12th place. And that matters to me. So, um, you know, if you're looking at the course of 14 years of history, um, I give myself the edge for the one extra buy. While you have beaten me like a drum the last couple of times we've played in the playoffs, uh, it doesn't matter. No one cares about that. So, uh, yeah, I'm giving myself number three. You can have four. You can have it the other well, way. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if it's, if, if it's set in stone, but no, you do make a good point. I think that um, the first few years, not very competitive. So that's a knock on me, but as not competitive as I was the first four or five years, uh, I've been ultra competitive. Eight of nine years I've made the playoffs. Also um, true. With the one I didn't make it, I got seventh place. So I haven't had a losing record in almost a decade. Uh, so I haven't really had that opportunity to reload in terms of keepers very often and been a consistent winner. So again, super razor thin you're probably always going to lean towards yourself in these situations, but sure. <laughs> I have no, I have no problem with you ranking yourself a little bit better. I mean, you're completely wrong, but I get it. I mean, we were razor, razor thin. I, I think that adding that tier where you had Jensen with the two titles, Derek with kind of the inverse of me a little bit, right. Super competitive early yeah. than, yep. than, than, than just okay. Kind of the last few years, um, kind of the inverse of me, Completely agree. You've been more consistent. Um, you just, you know, consistently can't beat me in the playoffs as well, but <laughs> you just breeze right by that. So uh, very, very, um, very, very heated debate. You know, I mean, if we, if we really said there was a Mount Rushmore of, of, of managers, I think there's two spots that are already chiseled out. And I think that depending on whatever criteria you could use, you could throw me, you, Jensen, or Derek on, on those two, uh, uh, those two open spots and kind of but probably me and you part? if we if we had to agree probably me and you i mean if jensen and derek want to start a podcast to to state their case i'll listen yeah cool <laughs> chairman of the board <laughs> all right um, the uh uh so one and two settled itself this week as we know um jake taking out durst that's how i had him ranked 
I think that's how it falls. Four championships, three championships. Can't argue either one. One A and one B, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of speak for themselves. I, and I kind of mentioned that at the top. I think that Jake's spot was cemented whether he would have won or not, provided it was someone that didn't win besides Durst. Um, really, his only claim to that top title would be having four titles compared to Jake's three titles. Um, but just the overall body of work, Durst, super, super competitive, tough, tough as nails in the playoffs, one of the best playoff records, win-loss records. So again, when he gets in there, he, he uh, has a good shot of winning, has a solid team when he gets into the playoffs. But I, I think his kind of resume falls closer towards you, me, and Derek in, in terms of playoff trips and buys. He hasn't had the consistency of the domination that we've seen from from Jake. Um, titles matter, though. They do matter. So, I mean, I think you could have had a, a good argument between Durst and, and Jake if Durst would have won, um, especially if he would have won beating Jake. But I, I think that with Jake winning, it's pretty clear we have a one in him and then, and then Durst very, very closely as the number two. But I, I, in my personal tier, I did have a separate tier uh, with Jake and Durst in their own tier um, yep. and, and the others kind of lagging behind a little bit. Can't argue that. So I think, I mean, that's probably a good way to end the pod, right? Yep. Let's see so, how this fires the guys up on the, uh, the yeah, group so thread and see how that plays out. Yeah, so state your case. If you think me or Jeff got this wrong, let us know what we did wrong. And in terms of ranking everyone, as Jeff mentioned at the top, this isn't personal. We were just kind of looking at, um, you know, some of the statistics and then some of the information that we have at our fingertips. Um, if you disagree, you know, fire some uh, some some comments on the WhatsApp, or you know, maybe we'll have you on the podcast to state your case as well too. But ultimately, we had a great championship weekend. Two of the best to ever do it face off. Jake comes out on top. Uh, and we move on to uh, to next season. Yeah, uh, hopefully we get a chance to get everyone on this pod in the off season. I know me and you will be pushing some of these out, talking about various things. You know, we should have a hot stove episode. We should have a year end maybe recap. Who knows? I'd, I'd love to get everybody on the pod at some point. Though. Perfect. Well, thank you for joining episode five. Beans and Gravy, the championship edition. Uh, thanks for uh, coming along on this ride with us. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> we'll see you in Germany. Yep. <laughs> thanks for stopping in to Beans and Gravy, episode five, the championship edition. Got the first interview with the champ. Hope you enjoyed it. If you like the content, please rate, review, and subscribe. Throughout the offseason, we'll have tons of new content, so come check us out. And always remember to keep banging.